Come live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. All right, welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. This is our chance to do She Knows Sports with Brittany and Princess. Brittany will be back next week. We are launching our new fall season. But sitting in, standing in for her tonight is no other than my partner here, David Duck Riley. How are you, sir? Doing well, uh, Princess. Uh, Britt, you need me to come up and help you move? (laughs) I like it. I like it. Shout out to Brittany. Um, make it move. Purchase her own house and is Amen. moving Amen. 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 That's how you build generational wealth. Now, Duck, I asked you to be on, I think, yesterday. And normally I kind of send you some topics, but I just want the audience to know, whatever it is, Duck and I talk about, we can go on for days about <laughs> sports <laughs> for sure. And you've been, you know, out of the country. You weren't on, on American soil. It's Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's. Um, so, you know, we, we had his accent in the first hour. Hopefully we won't get that here in the second <laughs> hour. <laughs> but that, I got a lot of stuff I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have hit my backup. I said, Tim, Tim could have helped me out. Tim could have helped okay. Tim could have helped out for sure and then beat me laughing for sure. Um, I, I want to talk about conference realignment, Coach. You know, about two or three weeks ago it was Clemson and, and FSU were thinking they wanted to leave the ACC. Um, and, of course, that's about money. And they they said they wanted a bigger piece of the pie. And if they did not make this move, you know, the Big Ten, um, you know, exceeded the per team um, amount of money about twenty million, but that didn't happen. But now we got the Pac-12 in a mass exodus. Duck, I don't know if I thought I would ever see this, and um, shame on for the Pac-12 for not preparing for this and making sure they had a a TV deal in place to keep everybody there. And of course, I thought about Coach Donald Jones and his Washington Huskies. But your thoughts about how this alignment is going, and we're we're about to have a not a power five, but maybe a power four or power three. Your thoughts, sir? Precious, I, because of the education that Cal and Stanford could provide, and Big Ten is known for, you know, academics, I was mm-hmm. shocked that they wouldn't try to bring Stanford and Cal to the Big Ten. I, I am shocked, you know, just like, not being prepared for death, you can't prepare for it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, this is probably the furthest thing from my mind, seeing the Pat 12 dissolve like this. Because, yeah. you know, when growing up, it was always about USC and sometimes UCLA. So, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up loving the Trojans because just because of that, that string of running backs from O.J. to Marcus to Charles Davis to Charles Smith, you know, uh, Bale, you know, we could go on and on down to Reggie Bush. You know, it's mm-hmm. USC was always the team to watch. And for them to leave along with UCLA to go to the Big Ten, I, I'm i just thinking 
it it could have been something could have been done to prevent prevent that because I like the idea of having twelve. Even though we we don't get to see all the games, or uh, they come on too late, mm-hmm. but we could watch them. When, I look, Princess, I could watch them when I was younger, but like now they come <laughs> on, I might I might get a quarter. But anyway, mm-hmm. I, you know, I just hate to see that happen, but it has happened. Now, you know, seems like Washington State is the only one looking for somewhere to go. Yeah. And if they join the Mountain West, the Mountain West is not a power five. So unless they convince everybody from the Mountain West to come into Pac-12, it, it, it's, it's right now, it's, to me, it's not a great situation, definitely for not for the Pac-12. But now some of the moves, now you got West Virginia, far east, far south, however you want to put us. Now you got to travel all the way out to Arizona. You already, exactly. you already got the frequent flyer mile that's going from West Virginia to playing Kansas, Kansas State, Texas, all these different schools. Why, why not look at the realignment again? This is just my opinion. And then you bring in a West Virginia. You bring in or just teams that are close in proximity. So it's gonna it's gonna be different. And and more and more the ACC tour with, I mean Florida State and Clemson keep going back and forth, having talks with the SEC and stuff like that. They end up leaving. Mm-hmm. Then you gonna you gonna now you gonna have another issue with the ACC. That's right. That's right. And, you know, let's talk about ACC and we'll come back to the Pac-12. But, you know, Florida State seems to be adamant about trying to get out. The ACC itself said, um, we have you on a contractual agreement until 2036. So, um, and, and that is true. So if you, unless you're going to, you know, buy out your contract and go ahead and settle down, the University of North Carolina student body president said, you know, FSC, we just need you to play and be quiet for right now. Um, more money doesn't make you play better is what North Carolina Tar Heel said. But FSU is taking it to another step in that they're looking for investors and those that can um, partner with them and invest in this move and help them to buy out. Coach, this has gotten ugly. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to be funny, Princess. It's not the FSU when Bobby Bowden was coaching, or not even when mm-hmm. Jimbo first went there. They just started turning that that thing around within yeah. the last year, maybe a year and a half. They were pretty good last year, but the year before that, they were thinking about getting rid of him. That's right. That's and he right. He hadn't only been there a year. That's so, right. So, so I'm I'm with North Carolina on that. Let's 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 play ball. And see and see where the tips fall, you know. And if you the win, look, win a national championship. Give yourself something to talk about. Mhm. I but agree. You, I agree. You you know, Norville just turned the corner. Um, and last year were flashes and signs that okay, they have the horses now. They're a much better team, and it looked much more organized. But before that, I think last year was year three. But those first two years, uh, the conversation was. Okay, when can we buy him out? And you know, um, but now he's he's now on the on the offensive and saying, hey, we need to get out of here 
and, and go somewhere else. And I don't know how that's going to play out. Now, I don't know. Clemson seems to be say, okay, well, just let us know. But they don't seem to be um, beating the drum very loud, Coach. Talk about that. Well, they're not beating the drums very loud because they haven't really beat anybody in the in the past three years. I mean, they've been yeah. suspect. You know, they end up losing the guy they thought was going to be able to take over for Trevor Lawrence. He he mm-hmm. he just wasn't what they thought he would be. And yeah. now that now they now they're banking on the, the young man that was a freshman last year that that he's going to be the man. Uh, Clemson and, and FSU, they, they're, they're in the mix, but how much better are they than everybody else in that league? You know, you know that that other school up north from West Virginia, they came along pretty good and looked like they could raise some sand, but I, I just don't know. F, I, I think the ACC should, you know, kind of. I think they should. I think they should realign and get maybe some more players in there. To uh, help them out, but is Stanford and Cal the answer to the ACC? That's that's the yeah. million dollar question. Yeah, and and then what a ride! What a that's a plane ride from FSU to go play Stanford or Cal, um, because of course most of the ACC is sitting in that southern southeastern um, corridor. Uh, so I, I agree with you, and I, and I agree with you too that Clemson. Um, didn't have a whole lot to shout about last year. And for the first time in five or six years, South Carolina Gamecocks beat them. And that really ended the season on, on a sour note. So they got a lot to try to handle. And I can't remember that young – I remember that young man's last name. I can't pronounce it. But he has moved on, and they are. They're banking on that freshman to bring him back. But they lost a lot of horses on defense, too. Um, I – I, I think Clemson is not yelling like FSU is. And I don't know if, you know, I'm like you, maybe FSU should sit down for just a moment and, and, and wait this out. Yeah, and, and Chris, the other thing is, whatever money the ACC is getting and you're bringing in Stanford and Kyle, how much money are they going to really get after all that travel coming back back south? That's right. I mean, that's that's gonna that's gonna eat up a lot of money. You know, it was just like the trip from what was it, uh, Florida A and M out to UCLA. You couldn't right. look. By the time you did, they paid for everything. You come back with what? Maybe a hundred dollars. Maybe they got a million dollar payout, but they took the they took the football team, the band, the cheerleaders, and they were out there. They just didn't go out there on Friday. Um, they were out there Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. So five hundred thousand, um, Francis. Not a, I don't that's think they got right. a million. Yeah, that's right. That's what Dion was, Dion was talking about. If you're gonna do it, do it right. Get get the money. Wow, you are correct. It was it was five hundred thousand. And if you're gonna do it, then make sure it is worth your while. Or we're just yeah. going out there just to play, just to play. And I see a lot of that coming up week one in college football. You know, um, Tennessee's playing Mercer, and I and I, I don't know if that's correct, but you see a lot of the Power Five getting in on some of those the the, the smaller schools, and um, hopefully they get paid for that. But um, is it worth it? 
are you getting your worth for for that? South Carolina State went and played Clemson, and this one really got Reverend Robinson. But South Carolina State and Buddy Pugh asked for a running clock in the second half. And, you know, <laughs> um, it ended up being 80, 81 to 3, if I'm not mistaken, that that game. I think that's a huge beating. And I know we've gotten off course here from Pac-12 ACC. But some of that money, I guess I want to say all money isn't good money, especially if you have to take a beating. There's wear and tear on your on your program, and you're not getting what you think you need to get because the cost is so high to travel back and forth. Now, of course, South Carolina State from Orangeburg, South Carolina to Clemson isn't that bad. That's a day trip. But um, um, I, I think some some of these schools need to, to pay attention to that and either get your worth or stay away from those go- those games, Coach. Yeah, and like you said, it wasn't so much getting off track, Preston. We, we were just trying to show – Example how how much money can you make taking those trips like that, you know? And we were just using Stanford and California as an example of them. They got twelve games. Six home, six is going to be away. So if yeah. you if you're not traveling to San Jose State or Fresno or somewhere like that, you're coming back to play in the ACC where. The closest poly team to you probably would be, uh, again, that team of North. I can't even remember the name of them, but anyway, <laughs> uh, they would be playing them. But otherwise, they they got to come down to Duke, uh, Wake Forest, UNC, NC State, Georgia Tech, you know, stuff like that. So, to me, to me, it's not a great fit, and I I didn't think West Virginia going to the Big 12 was a great fit. Now, especially now, they got to go out to Arizona, Utah, and all these princes. That's going to be rough, bro. It is, but you have to think, too, Coach, that some of this has been talked about uh, or that they've gone through. A lot of this had this conversation, and they still said, well, you know, let's go for it because (laughs) – I guess the lure of an additional fifteen, twenty million um, at the end of every season is enough to say, "Hey, we need to make some changes." But I like what Tim said too: is that okay? Now the Big Ten is up to eighteen um, teams, uh, you know, but it's the same amount of money that's coming. So now we've now gone from maybe twenty-one million per school at the end of the season to. 13 or 14 million. So now the, the the piece of the pie has gotten smaller, correct? And you're going to have you're going to hear some someone whining about that. You're going to have somebody in the Big 10 saying, "Hey, you know, we're bringing all these schools in. Yeah. We're going from 21 to 13." So, I I'm trying to figure out the conversation unless you're just trying to be for some reason being just, "Hey, the the it team, you're better than the SEC or something like that." But right now, until you beat the SEC, the SEC is has the crown. That is correct, Coach. The SEC still has the crown, and they still has the bragging rights. And until they do something better than what they're doing, then I don't understand what all the movement is except for it is about money, and, and, and that's where we are. Coach, I want to get into um, Colorado Buffalo um, in – and, and their schedule here, we've had that conversation in the thread. You keep giving Deion Sanders and his coaching staff a lot of credit. 
but they got a they got a tough they got a tough uh September coach. TCU, Nebraska, Colorado State, Oregon. Okay. Okay, I'm just trying to figure out when did Colorado State become a, a power? <laughs> and when That's did the, the one? Did, <laughs> hey, look, Princeton, y'all, y'all talk. Y'all was on the thread talking like they were getting ready to play Alabama and Georgia back to back. I said, Princeton, I, I, I don't get that one. And Nebraska is in the same predicament that yeah. Colorado is in. And the other thing is, this gonna be it's gonna be ugly because Matt Rule was talking about Dion before the season. Oh, it's so, gonna be ugly. So you you don't yeah. think that's locker room material? So I'm saying, at the worst case scenario, they will come out of that two and two. You know, if they go one and three, you know, still, you know, to me, that's one win. They they're tied for uh, last year's record. With one win. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and, and for me, I'm talk, we're talking about the coaching staff. They have a tremendous coaching staff. And on, uh, if they just have to get them to play together as a unit. That's the whole deal because when you have 60 new people, you just got to yeah. get them to buy in. And one thing that Dion can do, he can motivate Princess, he even had me get up off the couch, and I remember <laughs> who I was, so I sat back down. But anyway, he he can he can motivate you, uh, I, and I and I'd be shocked if they don't. You know, I don't know if they're gonna set the world on fire, but I think they're gonna they're gonna be in some games. I think they're gonna do pretty well. Uh, and I like what Urban Meyer said. He went to their practice, and he said mm-hmm. they might not have as much depth as some of the other teams. He said, but what he saw them put out on the field, they could compete with anybody. So wow, wow. So, and you know, if Urban said it, I believe it. Okay, I'm done with Urban Meyer, but that's a whole nother show. We could just do a show <laughs> on on Princess being petty and who she doesn't like. But Urban is number one on there. Aaron Rodgers is number two. See how well I just spit all of that out. (laughs) Nick Saban. Okay, all right, let let me move on because I'm trying to remain professional here. All right, so um, TCU, I'm I'm still here, Coach. I think TCU has a lot to prove. I think that's a loss, loss for the Buffaloes. Nebraska, you're correct. That may be a win, and, and I'm going to put that in the win column. And the same thing with Colorado State. So then, um, if you're right in looking at this, if they can go two and two, because, you know, September 30th, the last day of the, of the month, they got USC. But if they can go two and two, um, you know, with USC coming to, to town, I, I think that's, that, that is a win, and they've already doubled their total of wins from the year before. So I'm going to give you credit. But I just think it's a lot to prove, and I want to see what Shadur Sanders, and and maybe I'm sliding him, his ability, his coaching, and the level of play in the in the HBCU um, divisions. But I want to see him up against a little better talent to defense. Am I being wrong about this, Coach? No, no, you, you're not. But that young man is talented, Princess, and and to me. 
Coach Lewis, Sean Lewis, who was the head coach at Kent State, before that, he helped turn around Syracuse University when they went down there and upset Clemson. Mm-hmm. He, prior to Kent, he, he would have that. He's going to have him ready to play quarterback. And what defense did he, he that he seen against HBCU? Now he's going against Coach Kelly and them. That's going to disguise a lot of that defense. So every day, he's got to learn, Princess. So he, the best teacher is practice. So I, yeah. I think I think he's going to be okay. Okay, okay. Someone said, and not with someone, it was Coach Willie Miller on the Sports Talk Atlanta show saying he's surprised that Coach Sanders has hung in there um, health-wise. Um, but he says he feels that um, Coach Sanders feels he can do this, that he can coach. That's never been an issue. And that he wanted to also bring his children to uh, um, a higher level of education and, and institution where sports is, you know, has better facilities. Do you think that Deion Sanders, and I know I'm, 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 I'm stressing it here, do you think he really thought about all of that in his decision to go to Colorado? Honestly, I, I think that was the move, you know. And my thing is I like how, you know, he he uses God to interpret some of the stuff that he, he's saying. Uh, mm-hmm. He, I don't know if he put, if he was able to think like that when it was happening, but I think it, it probably weighed on him. I'm thinking that it could have been more of him talking to his kids about the move. I know that's something I would have done to kind of get a family feel for this type of move. So, you know, and, and then, you you know, you pray on it first, and then you involve people that's close to you, and then you make that decision. So to answer your question, I, I think that was something that he prayed on and then came up with it after he talked to his kids. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking so too. I'm, I'm, you know, that is the biggest. Um, that's one of the biggest things I want to see this year is to see um, the coaching staff in Colorado and how they navigate this first year. Um, and if they go seven and five, um, eight and four, six and six, I think that is a win, and I think they belong. And you're correct, you know, it's not like Matt Rule and Nebraska didn't go through a fire sale too and release and, and get more transfers, transfers, transfers. So, um, but the eyes and the spotlight is on Deion Sanders. I'm sorry, Coach Deion Sanders, um, for sure, because of everything that he said, because of how he's maneuvered and got one of the better coaching staff, and because of all the transfers. And because he came in and said, you can get your luggage and, and head on out. The spotlight is on him. Is it not, Coach? Oh, without a doubt. And, Princess, you brought up an interesting point. He goes 7-5. and five. He's, he's probably going to lose a couple of his coaches, uh, probably going to end up getting head jobs. Because if you can bring in 60 new individuals or uh, student athletes and you can wow. go from 1-11 to 7-5, and five, you know, it, it's not just Dion. It's the guys. You're only as good as the coaches that you hire or the people that work with you. So I'm thinking all he's doing, too, is opening up opportunities 
for these other coaches. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Um, and and that's that's powerful to say. If you can go seven and five and turn around a one and eleven um, program to that, you're going to um, lose some coaches because that's a good turnaround. Um, let's leave that right there, Coach. I want to try to squeeze in here, Northwestern. Um, you know, it was probably, I don't know if it was last year, but maybe the year before, you and Tim and I were talking about um, the impressive play of Northwestern um, on the field. But um, they have fired um, Coach Fitzgerald for hazing, for the culture of hazing, and for that culture of hazing to try um, that maybe was extended across racial lines. And I'm going to say this, Coach, because it really breaks my heart, but I want to say this on, on our network, and that is that there were young African-American athletes that were forced or asked or they competed this whole thing, a watermelon contest. You don't know how that upsets my soul. Coach, talk about Fitzgerald and what has come out so far. Nine players are have filed lawsuits, civil suits against them. This is going to be a big deal, and I agree with you, Carlos Bradley. This is a, a, a two or three shows within itself. But um, the fact that the culture lasted so long and now it is filled over and people know. But talk about some of the specifics in this, Coach. First of all, Francis, you know, just and, – and, and I don't know the whole story. I guess like everybody else, we're – it's kind of coming out in bits and pieces – to have your freshman uh, strip down and your varsity team strip down and bump each other going into the showers, uh, I, listen, I probably I probably would have been gone. You know, I'm like, what kind of, you know, because you most of, look most of you ain't signed up for that. You know, some of the hazing no. that we went through is you know was hey. Even in the pros, was hey, you singing and you running out doing errands and different things for mm-hmm. the upperclassmen and stuff like that. But nothing, no nonsense like that. Okay, you have a watermelon eating contest. So, so at the end, what are you, the watermelon king? What, 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 what are you getting out of that? What do you and, gain for that? Yeah, and and my thing is with Fitzgerald. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he initiated it, but you're responsible because you're the head coach. If your coaches are coming up with something like that, or even a player on my team came to me and said, "Hey, coach, what you think about this?" But my thing is, I don't think anyone would ever brought that up. But I don't even know how you could do that and expect to get away with it, Princess. I, I don't I don't know how you think you could get away with that and, and for it to just now come out. You mean tell me you you went through this watermelon eating contest for four years and yeah. you, you thought that was okay? Yeah. yeah. What type of mentality I mean and it in Northwestern academically it's very difficult to get in. You know, it's like your Vanderbilt, your Stanford and exactly. all that. So you could be so like they used to say. You could be book sense, but you still got to have common sense. <laughs> Our family used to say that for sure. You know, so, so you know they eating watermelon, but 
spitting off seeds. What, what, so we're going to have a, speak, a seed spitting contest after that? Exactly. How can we make sense of this? We can. And how long did he think this was going to happen under his watch, even if he wasn't the one, some of the coaches came up with some of this. This was his reign. You don't allow this type of foolishness to go on. And, yeah, you know, I've been a part of teams throughout college, nothing professionally, and, you know, there were small things that we would do, but it had to do with, okay, you get to put up all of the equipment after the after practice, or you get to do this, or right. run an errand right. for the coach. But right. no one was told to strip all their clothes and bump into each other or any of that. None of that. That, to me, you're asking for trouble. You're asking but, for trouble. But, Chris, how, or, how do you bring that up? And I don't mean to cut you off. How do you bring that up to the head coach to say, hey, this is what we're going to do today? Who thinks that's, that's okay? I don't understand. Who would think that was okay? That's right. That's right. That's right. And who's my yeah. who, who's my senior captains? They need to be called up and say, "Hey, who is the captain of the team doing doing this period?" That thought mm-hmm. this was okay. Mhm. Instead, yeah. all in the name of education, athletics, and scholarships, this is what you all are doing. Watermelon seat, watermelon contest, hazing, and bumping each other while you're you're naked as men. Come on now, Reverend Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't get don't get real started on that one. I didn't even tell him this piece. <laughs> when I read when I read that, and and I might not have it all correct, but but when I when I'm talking about stripping the clothes off and bumping. I, I don't I don't get that. I mean, you know, maybe maybe that was a misprint. Maybe it was a misprint. Or maybe, you know I always think though that this isn't the first time that a coaching staff other coaching staffs get in get in trouble for other things. And you never say to yourself, Okay, we need to um scale back what we're doing we need to get out of this mode. But instead, they increased their activity of hazing in different games that they were playing. They didn't get, you know, better. They didn't try to um, <laughs> dilute some of this. They got worse. So they deserve exactly what they get. And those nine um, suits that are filed civilly, a lot more is going to come out. And that's a shame. That's a shame. Northwestern is considered one of those Ivy League schools that's in Chicago, one of those Vanderbilts that's not in the South, and this is what they get from there. And we were impressed with their coaching and their success on the field. I can't remember who they beat. I want to say Michigan State. But they seem to be, you know, um, on a different path, a, a trajectory, and then here we are. I don't understand it either, Coach. And, and, and I guess all the brothers, too, here that that smiles were frozen on their face. <laughs> you would have to say that a lot of them feared you get a scholarship to Northwestern. That's worth keeping whether you are playing ball or not. And, you know, even if you're not on the team anymore, from my understanding, you get to keep your scholarship and go to class. And in the long run, is that not more valuable? Um, I feel feel sorry for those young men, those 17, 18, 
the 22, 23, that they were put in that position um, by grown men with families to do stupid, ignorant stuff. Yeah, but so how many of the coaches, I know they got fired a head coach, but some of the assistant coaches should have went too, Princess. Exactly. They're still there. They're still there. Princess, so, 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 look, you wash out one side of the apple, but the other side is dirty. And it got worms in it. So, is the apple good or bad? <laughs> the apple is bad. And I would feel better after this season is over if they change staffs completely. But they tried to to do two things here, Coach, and that is get rid of um, half of this apple but keep the rest so they can keep that money coming in and um, and fans still coming and making money this season. And you can't tell me, Coach, another thing will be a telltale. Those fans are probably going to be full. I don't think anybody's going to boycott Northwestern because they degraded, um, you know, young men. I don't think they're going to be – um, less people in the stands because there was a watermelon contest. And maybe, you know, that's what we need to think about. What's wrong with America and in, in our, in our, that moral compass and how that line continues to be moved? But I don't think this is going to move them at all and say that we're not going to go to the games, right? And, and I've already set up my questions for the contributors and the professionals. So I'm, we might have to lead in with that because we have Carlos, and, and Larry and Will and Ricky and all of them on Monday and Tuesday. So this, gonna, this is going to end up being a great conversation, one that we could almost put together with the X-Files. That's what I'm thinking about, how we maybe we should leave it for that. But you, what you're saying, Princess, is it's really embarrassing that in this day and mm-hmm. time that this this took place and it's just now coming out. You know, and yeah. and the people that are, are suing them now, how long have they been dealing with this issue? That's right. And you can better believe that in every one of these lawsuits, if it gets out, if they don't settle out of court and then ask that everything, all of the documents be sealed, that there's going to be more to seep out from this. Um, and to me, just the realization that there's another human being on this earth that decided that this was okay and this is tolerated, and, and I'm, I'm willing to accept this and have this go on within my program. And that is Pat, um, Pat Fitzgerald. He allowed this, and you can't tell me he didn't know, and you can't tell me some of those coaches still um, on that staff didn't know and participated. Um, and now they're, they're at practice today with, with shirts that say cats um, against everybody else. Well, yeah, yeah, if you're still there, um, then you decided that you want to stay there and compete. Um, but hopefully that element is gone. Hopefully that element is gone. Well, President, it's going to go now, but we still suck on the people that knew about it and was part of it. You still suck. That's right. That's, That's right. When the stuff went down in Baylor. So they ended up having to get rid of everybody, mm-hmm. get rid of all the staff, to bring Matt Rule and the AD. Matt Rule had to get a, a whole new staff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whoever the athletic director is have, has to have known something about this. They're oh, going to have to. Yeah. <laughs> he, if, he, if he's not gone, it's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
Like the How young men said, that they, 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 he had to have known. The athletic director, um, those offices are, are not that far from, from each other, but come on, the athletic director is continually involved in, in each one of those programs, especially football, and you want to be. You want to be known to, to be involved. They knew. They knew, and everybody's being hush-hush now, but more will come out. Oh, yeah. Not only did they know, the managers knew, the equipment manager. Exactly. Princess custodians, you know, they find out stuff quicker than anybody. There you go. The equipment guys and the custodians, they they knew for sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And a shout-out to those two players, whenever it was, that said that they used to sneak in the different lunches at school like it was a club. And then one said, Coach Riley <laughs> knew what our lunch period was. And I remember that. We used to go, what, when's your lunch? When's your lunch? Well, I'm going to go to mine, and then I'll come by and get a slice of pizza with yours, too. I remember that. <laughs> well, shout out to those. They were, mm-hmm. Some of them weren't smart enough to know that I was in charge of cafeteria duty. And they come, I said, how many lunches? I said, you that hungry, son? <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe, but that, maybe that, they that elevator, Chris, is the elevator didn't go all the way up top, so I got it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. If they thought, yeah, that's correct, lunchroom duty. My mother used to say that to me, you know, I'd be acting up in the lunchroom line, and she'd walk up behind me and she says, you didn't see my schedule on the refrigerator that I had lunchroom duty today. <laughs> of all the days that you wanted to to, to be a fool, today was it. <laughs> hey, hey, princess, I did it. I was there for like seven years, and because I could control the student population and students there, that's where I was for 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 four periods, and and they, you know, we ran it like a. Like a training camp, them jokers like, because when are you gonna get sick? When are you gonna take off? Or, you know all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> hey, that's right. Hey, coach, you gonna be off tomorrow? You we yeah, got a yeah, half right. day. <laughs> yeah, right. are, you, are you coming? All right, coach. Let's take a break here. On the other side, I'm gonna talk about Eric the Enemy and what's going on with the Washington Commanders. Sometimes I just say Redskins because I can't, and they're in the NFC. And I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Never had it so good. Sports Talk Radio. We'll be right back. I got Coach Duck with me on Cino Sports <laughs> with Brittany and Princess. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. We built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get off, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Join us live weekdays at 7 p.m. and on-site at Hills Barbershop on Fridays at 5 p.m. We make it easy to talk sports. All right, we're back. We never had it so good. Sports Talk Radio, She Knows Sports with Brittany and Princess. We are here, and my co-host tonight sitting in is 
Coach David Duck Riley. Um, Duck, I want to give a shout out to CampLyman.com and Glenn DeVoe and, and, you know, the Pitt Panther himself looking smooth on Facebook, on a boat. Shout out to Coach Glenn DeVoe. You got anything you want to say about that, Coach? No, no comment, Francis. <laughs> Nothing whatsoever. Okay, we'll move on. Um, I won't even <laughs> talk about Jason and give him a shout out. We'll just move on. Coach, I, I read yesterday where um, some of the Redskins offensive players are complaining that um, Eric Bieniemy is changing too many things and that he needs need to kind of slow down or whatever. Um, and then uh, Ron Rivera said he's been given full reign of the offense, but um, that he is not as seasoned a coach as their defensive coordinator. I forgot Jack something he was the Del head coach Re- for. Del Rio. Del Rio. Said he's not as experienced as Jack Del Rio is. Maybe he would have explained it a little bit different, but he's, again, gave Coach Eric Bieniemy. Um, full reign. I don't even know if all that needed to be said. But, Coach, your thoughts about this and the fact that this has seeped out and that this is news, and is it news just because it's Eric Bieniemy and he's going to have to go down this journey? Well, first of all, you know, it just depends on who brought it to the coach's attention. My thing is you can expect change. And sometimes Mm – you know, because he wants to do so well and prove so many people wrong why he should be a head coach. Sometimes you can't, for instance, you can go a little quicker than than yeah. some people can grasp what's going on. But in his case, you know, it didn't help when Deshaun McCoy and them uh, attacked him as a coach. Yeah. You know, none of that is good. And, and people read that stuff. And, you know, if Sean McCoy says that, hey, you know, I didn't like him, he didn't, he wasn't really calling the plays, da, 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 da. Now, you got some of these veterans on the team say, oh, you hear what Sean McCoy says, he said he, he's not that good of a coach, he da, da, da. And now you out there at practice and something doesn't go your way. This stuff triggers, yeah. you know, say, oh, in the back of his mind, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I see what he means now. Instead of you going and talking to Eric Bieniemy like a man and say, hey, coach, I'm not trying to tell you how to, you know, run your offense or anything like that. How can we simplify it to make sure everybody's on the same page? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's ways to do things, and the way they attack it is wrong. But I, I appreciate Rivera stepping up like that. But my thing is, because they're doing this, how much are they doing it in the locker room where it's going to affect their play when the season starts? He's Mm got to get them to buy in because it's important that they understand what he's doing and what he can get across to them because it's nothing worse than you fighting the system. And and first thing, you know who's going to go, Princess. Rivera ain't going to have a choice. With the new ownership in, if that offense comes out there and they're sabotaging the enemy, he's gone. Mm-hmm. He won't last a year. He won't last two oh. years. And then, and then, what the owners gonna say? We told you so. It, it was it, it was <laughs> Andy, it was Andy Reid all along, and it's mm-hmm. very unfortunate for this to come out. And you 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 going into your preseason game. And they're 
and they're going back and forth over what what's going on with uh with his offense. Yeah. And some of his offensive players are already complaining. That that and <laughs> that's the worst, Francis. That's the worst. Now the the the, thing, the key is he he's gotta get his quarterbacks to buy into what's going on. That's right. Are they what what are they saying? That's right. See, we're, and we're, I don't know who's all on that team besides yeah. Howell. Go ahead, Coach. Howell, and you got the guy that backed up, uh, that started some games last year for uh, the Indianapolis Coast, whether it's Brisket. Uh, I can't think of his name. I, I can see his face. Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. Brissett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's there, and he, he's, 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 he could be a starter, but he, he's going to be a uh, a nice addition, a nice backup for Howell, and mm-hmm. and they and they'll be fine. And what bothers me the most about this, they're gonna compare that to what Del Rio said, the one that talked about Black Lives Matter. But anyway, that's a, that's yeah. another show. But anyway, so <laughs> yeah, that's another point to just completely upset me. Yeah, the quarterbacks uh, with the Commanders are Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett. And Jake Fromm. So, um, wow, Jake Fromm. His his vote wouldn't count, but, you know, he's got to get all three of them on the same page. That's why it's going to be interesting for them with this preseason game. I don't know if they play Friday or Saturday, but I'm going to tape it because I want to see how the offense is clicking, if it's clicking. And then you can kind of tell, Princess, you know, a lot of times, if you watch tape, you can see who's going through the motions and who's who's putting out effort. Because mm-hmm. they say the eye in the sky don't lie. It does not lie, and you're correct. Um, that tape and those drones and everybody that's taping that that won't lie. And they are playing on Friday night against Cleveland um, at Cleveland. So um, I'm I, I'm going to try to tape that game too. So I, I want to see what Howell does. I want to see Eric Bien-Aimé, um in action from the sideline. Is he going to be on the sideline? Is he going to be in the booth? I want to know that too. So, um, and speaking of, of of NFL games, last week was was the Jets and the the Browns, and Rogers nor Watson played, which kind of upset me. And Tim said, normally in preseason they don't play in all of those games. Okay, Tim Moore, thank you. But Roger said he's not playing this week either. Is this normal, Coach? Um, has he gotten enough at a certain point, and are they just going to hold him out until the last two weeks and then play him? Your thoughts about that? Yeah. I, for instance, between you and I, I what, what does Aaron Rodgers need to do besides <laughs> practice every day and, and and make sure that they're on the same page? Because you got one game compared to – Five days of practice. Mm-hmm. So my, my thing is, I would I wouldn't risk the injury because mm-hmm. I, with him, I, I think they could. I don't, I don't know if they're a Super Bowl contender, but I think they could go pretty far. You know, and uh, now to answer your question, uh, I think you know you set out some of them guys the first game. You know, my thing is, mm-hmm. you risk the guys injured because my thing is, I'm coming if I'm trying to make that team. You got Aaron Rodgers in there. I'm coming after him. Yeah. 
Yeah. So somebody's going to try to get a reputation. I mean, you know, they they're going to be they'll be they'll be gunning for one. Wow. And that's a good point right there. Um, so Watson and he um, and Rogers sat out, and I, I assume that a lot of them will sit out in preseason um, as we kick it off. Hall of Fame was last Thursday. It kicked off at 8 p.m. after we got off the radio, and and then tomorrow is a, is about six or seven games, and then on Saturday. And two, and two um, tonight. Two tonight, Francis. Oh, there's two tonight? Oh, wow. That's right. Tonight. Um, yeah, Houston that, is at that, New England and Minnesota, Seattle. Wow. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, um, you know, Gino, I, I probably won't watch it tonight. Gino's not playing, so I'll probably <laughs> just pass. You know what? If you hadn't brought – if you did not bring that up, I wouldn't have remembered who was the quarterback at Seattle. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Gino Smith. Former West Virginia Mountaineer. We talk more West Virginia Mountaineer. That young man, R.J. Harrison, said, I want to make a difference. I want to make history. West WVU, he said it so proud. He said it so proud. Okay. Okay, R.J. Homegrown, Princess. Homegrown. 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 A shout-out to that family. They were really good tonight. Coach, I wanted to um, ask you about Carolina and, and Bryce Young. Um, I saw Aaron Rodgers and Bryce Young together, so that mean, probably means the Jets um, flew in yesterday um, because there was some film out there, and maybe they flew in before then and had some practices against each other. They seem to get more out of that um, than these these preseason games. But your thoughts about Bryce Young? What are you? You're right there in Charlotte. What are you hearing about Bryce Young? Is that the craze right now? Is everybody excited? Well. Not everybody, because they want to see what's around him. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can have a, a great quarterback, but if you don't have the right mm-hmm. people around you, then he's just like everybody else. You know, right now, you know, for the game tomorrow, because he's got a slight injury, Sanders is not playing the running back. So you, okay. you're kind of waiting to kind of see who's going to start, you know, who who is he throwing to. You know, and, and who's going to step up? Because you're always going to have a surprise, uh, a rookie yeah. at, at one position or another. But uh, they like him. They seem to like him. They're excited because, hey, he was the first-round draft pick and the first pick in the draft. So the expectations are very high. Yeah. He's already gotten his contract out of the way, you know. Um, I mean, I'm sure he's settled in Charlotte right now. Um, it seems like, and I don't know where his parents lived before now, but it seems like they've moved to Charlotte too um, to be his support system. But I, I, I want the young man to succeed. I continue to hear over and over, Coach, that um, the concern is is his size, not his his uh, ability to play the position. Although he did pretty good, um, you know, in the SEC. Um, but are you concerned about his size? Well, Princess, like I said, you know, we we would have to wait and see because it's always been a problem for the for the Panthers. Always been nobody's blocking. That that was part of Cam's his last yeah. few years. He was getting he probably got more hits on him than he had over his whole career. So I like to see how the offensive line has progressed, and then I, I can tell you more. 
Because if they're not blo- if they're blocking like they did for Cam Newton, then yeah, I don't know how long Bryce is gonna last. And that's a shame. That's a shame because you want to see him um, learn, take the next step. But um, I, I don't think he, the reason that he was the number one draft pick is because they were they were um, dismal at best last year, and 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 so I don't know how better how much better they got in just um, right. the off season and a draft season. So we'll see for sure. Yeah, one, thing um, good, one thing good too, Prince is. is that he releases the ball quick, and and that's and that that's going that's got to help him. Got to help them. Got to help them. Once again, coach, I want to ask you. I want to get in Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask, but I want to ask you about my guy Anthony Richardson. They really seem to be. They're even more impressed with him in 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 camp and in practice, but. Uh, and and I and I keep asking you for reaffirmation. Your thoughts? Have you seen him in practice? Have you heard anything? And your thoughts about him starting this season? Well, look, we should have look, we should have brought Serena on because I'm sure she is, she's at every, <laughs> yeah. look, at every practice. But uh, and we might have to do that, Princess, try to get some four one one. But to answer your question, I have seen him. I've talked to uh, one of the analysts on that staff. And they think he's progressing nicely. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. how nicely, I couldn't tell you, but what what clips that I've seen, he's, he's thrown the ball well, uh, and I'm sure he's, you know, spending a lot of time with the quarterback. See, that's one good thing about camp, that once your camp is over, now you go find your place, your home, or you go get an apartment, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have that coach right there with you all the time. Now, what is he going to do to continually get better camp stops? So that's that's going to be the key to him. Right now, they're on top of him. He's doing everything. He's studying. Everything that he needs to do is being done. Just like when Murray was picked by the Cardinals, an example. You know, when he first got there with, uh, got with Arizona, he was doing everything, but then when it, the separation of going to get in the, his own place, now he's not with the coaches. Now you're with your boards. Now you kind of lose sight of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he signed his contract. I think it's a four-year deal, um, thirty-four million, if I'm not mistaken, a little bit below that. But twenty-one million, coach, twenty-one million signing bonus. Twenty-one million. That's a yeah. lot for a young man. Yeah, yeah I'm that, hoping he can live off of that, Francis. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, and a shout out to Serena Fultz. We're Facebook friends now, and I and I live vicariously through her and all of the things that she's doing in the community in Indianapolis, and the fact that they had a back to school thing, and you know, so um, a shout out to her. We may have to get her on there and talk about. Um, Anthony Richardson, but I, you know, the reason I think that I'm so um, invested in in knowing about Anthony Richardson because he's from my hometown, went to a high school right there that we played against, and he's homegrown, and now he is in the NFL um, at the age of 20 or 21. I don't think he's 21 yet, um, and a signing bonus of 21 million. Yeah, he can live off that. I hope he uh, manages his finances really well. 
um, for sure. Coach, I want to talk Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers announced that, that Baker Mayfield will start um, tomorrow night, and then Kyle Trask will start next um, next week um, first. But I, I just don't know if he has any talent, and I'm not trying to slight Kyle Trask because I, I loved him at Florida. I loved his arm, his, his decisions, but the NFL is another beast itself, and now he's had – um, two years up under Tom Brady. Let's see what he can do. But your thoughts about the Buccaneers and their 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 quarterback options? Um, I would have to say that that whole NFC South um, is suffering with what they're going to do at quarterback. Bryce Young at Carolina, or oh, the Saints with Carr. So that's probably the best one. Ritter, Desmond Ritter at the uh, with the Falcons and Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask with Tampa Bay. Your thoughts about your options there? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, I thought Baker Mayfield uh, did some nice things with the Rams last year when he got an opportunity. I, I think mm-hmm. he's maturing. Uh, with mm-hmm. Cleveland, I, I just didn't think that was a good situation for him. Uh, and I don't think he was as, as mature as they would have liked for him to be. But that's part of just growing. Uh, mm-hmm. With Tampa Bay, I – I like trash over him because trash fits what mm-hmm. Baker is a little bit shorter. Trash is the kind of guy they have, you know, the Brady type, you know, he ain't going to do a lot of running, but he's going to release mm-hmm. the ball and he can see over the offensive line. You don't have to roll him out. Like you got to, you got to move Baker around a little bit. Trash is tall enough that he can, he can see over the line and see downfield. Well, I never thought about that. But um, I like Trask, too. I like his arm better. But Baker Mitchell oh. has the the experience. Um, right. And I think he may get the nod. But I saw the growing pains in Cleveland. But they, I thought they really tried to embrace him in whatever those insurance commercials were. But also, um, he was not able to stay quiet with some things in the media. And he couldn't keep his wife quiet. And that's a shame because I think a lot of things overshadowed and he had to get out of there. And I don't, you know, and I, I do, I like some of the stuff he did with the Rams. Let's see if he could find him a place. But in, in my heart, I want to see Trask succeed. So I don't know if the Buccaneers is, his, is Baker Mayfield's last stop. Your thoughts about that before we go? Well, I, I, I think he's, I think they're going to, because of experience, I think they will give Baker a shot, but I don't think mm-hmm. they, they 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 would hesitate to put Trash in because Trash has learned. Sometimes sitting and learning the game behind somebody like Brady, it could yes, only enhance him. You know, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be fine. So if he has to back up Baker, I don't think they would miss a beat once he got in the game because he's a lot better than people thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you and I talked about him when he was at Florida. I said, I said, Prince, is they, he, he's okay. They're not going to miss a beat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought he was, if you got yourself a quarterback, you got a chance. And I thought he gave us a chance in so many games with Florida and, 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 and made us look good. So I'm rooting for Kyle Trask um, to do better there. Coach, you hung out with me for the entire hour. 
I appreciate you. This went by so fast. I got a chance to pick David Duck Riley's brain about what's going on. Coach, it's August and football is here. Are you excited and are you ready for Penn State? Oh, are we ready, man? <laughs> man, okay. I, I don't want to say too much. I don't want Jason to be trying to use his bulletin board material. But anyway, <laughs> bring on the kitty cats. Bring them on. Bring on the kitty cats. I will put that in the thread just because I'm the snitch for sure. <laughs> um. <laughs> hey, hey Bridget, you haven't got on to him about Spygate. You know, I'm going to have to do that. I'll bring that up on our, our Saturday show. I want to make sure that everybody knows we're doing an anniversary show. And I didn't want it to go to three hours, but we're going to start off with some of the old um, heads that were on with us in the beginning, Emerson Martin, Andre Wise, <laughs> Tony Ballard, um, Neek Emerson. We're going to do some of them in that first hour, and then we're going to um, then bring that second hour with Kevin Hoston and, and talk to Brittany and Shoshana, Duck and Tim, and I even invited Travis, and he said, I'll be there, um, Kevin and Eric, everybody in that second hour. And then in the third hour, I'm going to go to some people that were at the barbershop and also when I, I was there, and also Thad Jackson, who did um, my first intro from out of Dallas, Texas, and then Charles, who does most of the intros now, and we'll end it with, with Reverend John Robinson and what he has to say so I put him at the end so everybody gets out the way and nobody gets to ask Reverend Robinson a question and, and let him have his own time. But <laughs> I'm excited about that, Duck, and thank you um, for all you mean to me and Reverend Robinson and all you mean to never had it so good. Ten years, and we'll celebrate this Saturday, Duck. All right. All right. Okay. Be ready for Duck. Who, who you been to? <laughs> who you been to? I like that one. I like that one for sure. Never had it so right. good. She knows sports. Thank you, Duck. Have a great evening. All right. All right. We'll see everybody next time. We get started. We launch everything, professional contributors, the experts, all of that. I can't wait to see Ricky Porter um, and oh, Carlos oh, Bradley. Okay. okay. <laughs> Give him okay. a shout out yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Never had it so good. We'll see everybody next week. All right. <laughs> Get out.